It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for EP or Lax Class 220. That's twice as many as 110. Pretty good. Tino, welcome back to Lax Class. What's going on, my man? Uh, how was the weekend? Well, I know how your weekend kind of went, but uh, welcome back. What's going on? Yeah, not a whole lot. I'm still uh, still coming down from the high of, of being on being on the broadcast with you there on Saturday night. Saturday in general was actually like a crazy day for me because I had to I get up for work at 5, have to be down uh, to the radio station by like 6.30 or 7.00. And then my shift ends at three. So I just, I just stayed downtown because obviously we got to be at the arena at like five, just before five kind of thing. So yeah, that's a I was long up day. at 5 a.m. Yeah, it was a really long day. And then I had so much stuff that I had to carry with me. Like I'm, because I didn't want to just sit in the radio station in my dress clothes all day. So I got like street clothes with me. I got <laughs> stuff to change. Like, oh my God. And then I got the walk back to my, the half an hour long walk back to my car in my dress clothes. Oh, what so, are you doing? <laughs> making, I mean, you're uh, you're making pretty good money doing what we're doing there at Rogers Arena. You could probably have sprung for a parking spot downtown. Yeah, maybe, but uh, it's good exercise. Get some steps in. All right. Um, but yeah, and then uh, it was really nice. Like uh, between Jen and my sister in law and my brother, they put together like a little watch party at at uh, my brother and sister in law's house. Uh, my dad was there. One of my cousins was there for for them to to take in the broadcast and stuff. Proud moment in the Farah household, huh? Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of almost annoyed because my cousin sent me the Snapchat, and I'm annoyed that it was a Snapchat and not like an actual picture because I don't have it anymore. But <laughs> there was this picture that he sent me of him standing in the kitchen, and he takes a picture of when you and I are on the screen. Yeah, and like my dad is sitting in this like reclining chair watching the bra. So you see like you see the back of my dad. Uh, with us on the TV. And I wish I had that picture because I called my dad the next day to let him know, like that image right there is like a dream come true for me to be on a broadcast on TSN doing lacrosse and having my dad sitting there watching is just like unbelievable for me. So I know what you're saying, man, because uh, I kind of felt the same way when, when I was your age and, and had my kind of first big break and, and, you know, my dad was watching. So I, I totally, uh, Man, you just gave me all the feels there, Santino. Uh, there you go. That's yeah. called storytelling. Yeah, Jumbo. Uh, well done, man. Uh, <laughs> and he did a great job. Fortunately, it wasn't uh, that great of a game to do. Oh. And and sometimes, as a broadcaster, those are are the games that you really kind of earn your paycheck in when it's heavily skewed for one team or another, especially the home team. Not exactly ideal we'll talk about that here coming up uh mere moments on the podcast in quarter number one in the week that was and who we had stampede stallions are up as well uh, a few new horse submissions this weekend buckle up or saddle up for that people quarter number two we're heading for the prairies well i'm actually sure he's kind of chilling in port moody but he plays in the prairies of saskatchewan in Saskatoon, 
Uh, Bardown Bobby, one of our favorites, one of my favorites anyways, Bardown Bob Church will join us in quarter number two. Quarter number three, we'll have Lax Class Locks. Santino sucks, so it's my parlay this week. <laughs> I We'll talk about it in quarter three. I don't want to get all excited already. But uh, quarter four, of course, is who you got. Your favorite podcast game. And another huge week for week number 10 in the National Lacrosse League. There's games going on all over the place. So big picks are on the line in quarter number four as well. Um, there was a few things that I've literally been meaning to mention on the podcast. I, some of these go back to last year even. And I just, you know, and then I'll get to a Wednesday or whatever. And I'm like, man, I can't, why can I not remember to tell people this? So first off, I I always get people asking me why in Canada – down the states, ESPN Plus has all the NLL archive games up there, so no issues there whatsoever. Here in Canada, I know the good folk, the, the good folks, the good <laughs> folks at TSN are working on making this happen or be able to do it and and watch archives on their app platform. Fortunately, it's not there yet, but good news is for folks in Canada and. I know uh, I had a buddy from up here that was actually traveling in the States. He's like, where are the games? Where are the games? I said, you know where they are. They're... And he goes, no, I can't. They're not there. And I'm like, man, they're there. I'm looking at them right now. So anyways, when he was in the States, he couldn't. The games are on Facebook on the NLL page, like their official NLL Facebook page. And then you click on the videos tab. And then you got to scroll down a bunch. Like, they have a bunch of different categories of like draft highlights and game highlights and features and what have you that they've done over the course of however long the Facebook page has been running. But if you scroll down far enough, you'll see a tab called All Videos. And usually within 24, 36 hours, they will upload the entire full game. So they'll show highlights. They'll have player highlights, specific player highlights. But then you'll see full game, and uh, you can go back and watch all the games there if you need to. So I always get people asking me that, but I always forget to mention it on the podcast, which I have now done. Hopefully you're listening to this episode and you don't have to ask. Again, um, one thing we, man, I, one thing I have not talked about on this podcast is Paul Gate and the NLL Hall of Famer. From Victoria, uh, twin brother of Gary, of course. Been on this podcast for our, our Calls to the Hall uh, feature that, that we do for all in all Hall of Famers. And couldn't have been better about it. And for people that don't know, Paul had bought a warehouse in Albany for his lacrosse company, Gate Lacrosse. And while they were kind of getting things up and ready and running to go, and Paul was doing a lot of the work himself, had a bad fall at his warehouse, a really bad fall and is now paralyzed from the waist down. And it is such a a hard thing for me to even talk about or think about. And, you know, it, it's for a guy that, not many, but, like, I cross paths with Paul quite a bit uh, outside of lacrosse, but, you know, through lacrosse circles at Mintos and Mans and what have you. And I played a, a few games against Paul, in fact, but, you know, he was kind of like, 
one of my idols or a, a guy that I looked up to, even though he's not all that much older than me. Like he was a, a pioneer that, you know, one of the first Canadians from the West Coast to go down and, and go to school. And, you know, he's the first kind of guy that you ever saw on a, like a, a like a poster, which was like a big thing back when I was, was younger. And he was a real innovator of the game and just a, a guy that everybody looked up to. And to, to hear the news that he got in an accident and I didn't really know how serious it was. But then Paul came out and, and kind of told people, hey, like, this is what's going on. I'm now in a wheelchair. I'm probably never going to walk again, although I'm not going to give up on that dream. And I'm going to do everything I can to try and walk again. And listen, if there's ever a guy out there that that's going to break the mold, it might be Paul Gate. But he really seems like he went to LaxCon and he was out and about with all the people. And he said, you know, like I've learned how to, to live my life, but just from a chair now. And it's obviously not something he ever wanted or wished upon, but he seems almost at peace with it that this is how his life is going to be now. And he's just accepted that and taken on the challenge. And not everybody that gets put in that position is mentally strong enough to do that. And I've just, I don't know why I haven't brought it up on the podcast. I, I, I've, I just haven't because I, I find it pretty difficult to think about and, and to talk about, but Paul being so courageous and, and uh, forthcoming about it all, I've, I, I figured I, I needed to, to say something about it. So, you know, I know everybody here in BC is, is thinking about Paul and, and he's doing okay. And, uh, Man, just, you know, be careful, people. I don't know what else to say in that in a situation like that. You know, it's a real it was a real hard thing for 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 me to read that news and and I can't imagine how hard it is for Paul to be now in a chair for potentially the rest of his life. Yeah, first of all, that was really well well said there, Jumbo, but um I'm glad you used the phrase there. Uh, you said mentally tough when you're talking about it. And and I have no like I can't even imagine what anything like that is like to, to have a fall as bad as what, I mean, like I, I read about it as well to, to try to read about how bad that yeah, was. Like and knocked him unconscious, broke a bunch of bones in his body and laid on the, like he was, it was bad, really bad. And just like you hear about, uh, you hear about people every now and then that go through um, whether it's something they have to deal with their whole life or, or whether it's just a temporary thing, but people that, have to deal with being paralyzed like whether it's in it's fully paralyzed or the waist down or whatever and you often hear about people saying you know like i'm not going to give up when they're talking about potentially never being able to walk again and that is it's such an unfathomable thought for i mean for me at least like having Never, like I, I don't even know how to how to imagine what that situation yeah, like would be like. You break an arm for four to six weeks, and you're like, man, how and am I going to live my back. life with? Yeah, like you know, like I just, uh, it's it's so impressive, and it just speaks so much to his character and all yeah. these people's characters that that go through something like this when they are able to, you know, continue on. And and I'm I'm sure they it takes a while to get to the to a place where you're legitimately happy and and you can carry on with life as normal as you're yeah. physically able to get it to yeah. but it just speaks to his character and I, and I love that you use the phrase mentally tough there because that's that's about as tough as you can get yeah like he just accepted the challenge and he's gonna make the most and the best out of his life that the way he can and one more point I want to make on it like 
you know, like I said, the Gates were kind of always innovators as far as equipment and stuff goes. Um, I I think now we're going to see wheelchair lacrosse become Paul's focus. If I know Paul, like I think I know Paul, he is going to find ways to design wheelchairs to be the most beneficial to play the sport of lacrosse. He's going to design equipment to wear while you're in a chair to play lacrosse. He's going to design sticks that are conducive to playing wheelchair lacrosse. And this is something in our sport that has kind of had a bit of an uprising over the last five, six years. I know the BCLA does a, a lot of work with the wheelchair lacrosse. I saw John Grant Jr. when he was in Denver do a lot of work with that organization down there and it's becoming bigger and more popular as the years go by and now with Paul being in the situation that he's in I think is really going to kind of take it to the next level so if there's some kind of good that can come out of uh, just a horrible accident uh, like what happened I think that might be it yeah well very well said Jumbo so uh, shout out to Paul Gate man Uh, we're all thinking about you man we got uh, we got a fun night coming up tomorrow, Tino, and I know this podcast comes out on Tuesday, which will only be mere hours before we go and do this, but I know a lot of people like to consume the pod as soon as it drops, uh, noon Pacific, every Tuesday. Uh, we're doing the WLA Draft from the Langley Events Center tomorrow night. You can watch that sucker on WLALacrosse.com. I believe it might be on Playful Screen as well or TFSC TV. But just go to the WLA website. It starts at 7 o'clock Pacific time. This is always a super fun night. I don't know how many of these I've done. You know, I've been broadcasting games in the WLA since, I want to say, 07. So probably just as many. I think I might have missed one or two in there over the, the past 20-plus years. So been doing a lot of these drafts. You're doing it with me this year as uh, Bradley's over on the island, and he's uh, he's going to probably be watching over there. But I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. It's a fun night, and uh, you know it's a big deal for all these kids that are about to get drafted into the WLA. Oh, totally. I mean, something I never got to experience here in my name in, in, in any kind of draft realistically. So whether it's the NLL, the WLA, junior a like an opportunity to hear your name get drafted from a team that has been scouting you and likes what they see and and they want to try to develop you to be a player with their club that's i mean got to be such a surreal moment so i'm really looking forward to it as well i'm really fired up good a couple more things to get in here i want to give uh kudos and and uh, a shout out to the commissioner of the national cross league brett fruit and and even jessica berman who helped kind of kickstart this thing called nll Unites and, and last week we both had a chance to experience the webinar put on by the National Lacrosse League. Great job by Teddy Jenner hosting and and all the panelists uh, who came on to share their stories uh, as horrific and, and scary and sad as they were. Uh, very eye opening experience. Uh, emotional webinar that that the NLL put on and this is kind of the beginning of a three week initiative. Uh, NLL unites. Every child matters campaign that we're going to see throughout the National Lacrosse League over the next few weeks and and this was a uh, it was heavy duty man but I'm really glad that that I had a chance to take part in it. So if you if you uh, can find this thing on YouTube, I think it's on the NLL YouTube channel. You can go watch this as well and I strongly recommend you do so. Yeah, I, so I wasn't there to watch it live, but I had the link sent to me so I was able to put it on in my car like while I was driving to and from work on Friday night. And you know like the storytelling uh, like the, uh, 
the people that were speakers in this were unbelievable speakers, I thought. And, and I wasn't watching the video because I was driving, obviously. I just had – I was listening to it in an audio form only. But yeah. So, like, I, I, I don't have any visuals that I'm looking at. I'm just it's, – it's all in my head and what I'm listening to. But all of the speakers did such a good job. And as the years have progressed here, like, you hear the stories through the news – um of of all the like you know the graves that were found underneath the different residential schools and so on and it obviously it's it's an incredibly heartbreaking and it's it's just a heartbreaking scenario for for everybody but to hear the stories from people whose ancestors were and relatives like grandparents and and parents and so on that that were survivors and not all of them survivors as well it it felt so much more real to be listening to this webinar and there's there's people here that are directly impacted and these are perspectives that i personally have never heard before yeah. and it not to say that the whole thing in general doesn't feel real already but it added another dynamic to it for me personally to be able i'm listening to to somebody talk to this entire group of people that are that are watching and listening to the webinar and this person real life is real life like they specifically have been impacted whether it's their parents or their grandparents and they still have lasting effects today yeah. and they're talking about their story and they're sharing their story like i can't again like i can't imagine having anything that traumatic happening to me and ever wanting to talk about it at all no and it just goes to show how I mean, important what they're doing is for for how impactful it makes it for everybody to be able to hear the stories directly from a source. Yeah. And they're saying, yeah, this is still impacting me today. And I still have things that trigger me and PTSD and and all these kind of things. But it benefits the world as a whole. So if doing- I can tell you these stories, yeah. they they are honestly, you know, the, the more I I educate myself and try and learn like they are the strongest most resilient people that i've ever met and again from day number one all they want and i'm speaking about the indigenous is to be treated equally like living human beings and still to this day many reservations throughout our country do not have clean drinking water among other things and for them to survive, and not only survive, but thrive in, in this world, in this environment, after what the atrocities they have been through in, in their existence is absolutely astonishing. And again, just take the time today, every day, any day to, to learn more, talk to people, and most importantly, listen when you get a chance to do so. Uh, Last thing I got, and, and probably buckle up here, folks, for, for a long epi because we're almost 20 minutes in and we haven't even got into our lacrosse talk yet, um, so to speak. But last week uh, was the celebration of life for Doc Hedges, and I just kind of wanted to make mention of this. Like I, I knew there was going to be a lot of people there, and, and a lot of lacrosse players in particular. <laughs> was there ever? I, I want to say there was probably upwards of, of 1,000 people that attended Doc's uh, celebration and Jason Bishop, assistant coach for the Colorado Mammoth, was kind of the MC and, and the host of it. And there was a bunch of speakers that got up. Man, I, I learned a bunch of things about Doc that I didn't really know about him and his life um, and, and kind of how he lived it, which was 
really kind of cool to to hear and see. And, and and one of the speakers that got up was was Pat Coyle. And and for the people that don't know, and I, if you don't care, I don't really care that you don't care. I'm going to talk about it anyways. But Doc was not only just a doctor, but he helped save people's lives as he was uh, a big sponsor for Narcotics Anonymous and helped get guys clean and and save their life essentially. And Pat Coyle was one of those guys. So as big as the lacrosse community there was there, there was also a, a pretty good faction of, of addicts that were there. And, and the unique thing about it was that Pat kind of crossed paths with both those circles, being a lacrosse guy and a, a recovering addict. And, you know, all these people kind of got up with big speeches and this thing was like webcast across the internet for people that couldn't attend and, you know, they kind of have their head down, reading off off a page and nervous. Well, Pat Coyle just got up and, and just held court. Like, no no papers, no speech, just spoke from the heart and, you know, had people laughing, had people crying. And uh, it was just a lovely, lovely tribute to Doc and, and uh, a great way to kind of send him off to the afterworld. So I wanted to make sure. I mentioned that. Uh, rest in peace to Dr. Donald Hedges. Uh, Tino, tough turn here, but time to talk a little National Lacrosse League action as it was, like I mentioned, a big Week 10 on deck. It was a big Week 9 in the National Lacrosse League as well. As a couple of games got going on the Friday, uh, it was Halifax hosting the previously undefeated Rochester Nighthawks and no longer are any teams undefeated as Halifax really kind of had their way here with the Rochester Nighthawks in 17-7 the final like this game wasn't all that close but I think maybe the coolest moment for me in it well, Rylan Hartley trying to jump into the T-Birds bench was pretty cool. <laughs> but for me, it was the penalty shot at the end of the game for Max Wilson, who is a rookie in the league. He's originally from out here, but now living back there. So essentially, that's his, his hometown now. Halifax gets a penalty shot late in the game with a pretty comfortable lead, and they give the penalty shot to the rookie in his hometown to get his first National Lacrosse League goal. And he buried it, man, like a beautiful move, pumped it in, big selly, and the crowd went crazy. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and it looks like that entire, the it looks like all of Halifax, uh, like like the city and the team included, they just love this guy. Like they've just absolutely embraced him. He's one of theirs. Him. He's one and of their own. Like, like I'm sure you must have seen the video of him uh, post game a couple games ago when he he gave this yeah. really well spoken speech and all the guys are like like making fun of him for for being so well spoken yeah and uh, I saw like Tyson Bell said something <laughs> after his penalty shot about his pump fake because it came from like the blue line pretty much <laughs> he he faked the shot from so far away but yeah it's so cool to see this guy getting success and you know the team drafted him and I remember seeing a video of of. Uh, I believe it was Kurt Styers on the phone with Wilson after they had drafted him. And, and Wilson was just saying like, he was just expressing how appreciative he is of, of being drafted. And he's so excited to come to Halifax and he's so excited to develop his career here. And he's just saying like, I'm in it for the long run. I'm here. I'm a Thunderbird kind of thing. And we're, we're seeing that in, in, we're seeing that come full circle. Now he's here, he's contributing and, 
and they love him there. It's it's great to see. Yeah, it was a really cool moment in in league history for sure. As uh, we don't need to spend too much time on it, Nighthawks. It was bound to happen. Tino, they they've picked up a loss here, and uh, Halifax looking pretty good in that one. Buffalo did not look very good in the first half of this game against Philadelphia. They actually trailed 6-3 at halftime. They had taken a buttload of penalties in that opening half, and just nothing was going right for Banditland. But the halftime break, I don't know what JT and Chugger and and Vino said in in the locker room there. Maybe just stay out of the box, and we're probably going to win here, guys. But they go on to outscore Philadelphia 10-3 to in the second half and pull out a 13-9 victory here. It wasn't pretty for Buffalo, but that's kind of what good teams will do. Sometimes they won't be at their best and they'll pick up an ugly win, but a win is a win, and Buffalo takes down Philadelphia. Yeah, big nine points from Dane Smith. And I was going to say as well, like, I mean, he still put up five points, but a kind of a pedestrian-ish game for Josh Byrne with only one goal and, and four assists. It's mm. crazy to say that for someone who puts up five points and call it pedestrian. That's just how used to these huge Gaudy games from Josh numbers, Byrne. But yeah. It's just, it goes to show how effective this entire Buffalo team can be. Like if one of their stars isn't firing, they have several other guys that can contribute. And yeah, the second half was, was the huge difference. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm really interested to see with the Buffalo Bandits, Tino, what they are going to do when Chris Cloutier is healthy again. Because you're looking at Dylan Robinson, who I've been, you know, didn't have anything in that game, but I've been real impressed with with big Dylan Robinson. And then you got Brad McCulley, who looks like he's he's into his man body here now. McCulley, like he he's looking to fight. He's looking to score. He's looking to break your back in half with picks. Like this guy plays a mean lacrosse game. He's got great hands. And now he looks comfortable in the national lacrosse league, something I don't think he really did prior to that. And what do they do on that left side when Cluche is ready to go? Because not everybody can play. And I mean, maybe, you know, the answer to this more than I do, but I'm also still wondering, like, what about Chase Fraser? Yeah, like, something's got to give there, too. I know he was at the start of the year banged up and wasn't wasn't feeling right and, and needs some time off. But now I now I'm kind of feeling like this is this bridge might be burnt. Like, I don't know if he's coming back and has requested to get out of Buffalo. Maybe he wants to be closer to home where his work and business and stuff is. I don't know what's going on there, but it hasn't really slowed the bandits down all that much without him. Somebody could use Chase Fraser. I know that. That's what I'm saying is b- between him and also Chris Cluche coming back, like they're firing right now. Maybe they have some pieces they can move and, and solidify themselves for another deep playoff run. Yeah, maybe indeed. We shall see. We shall see. Let's move along. That was Friday night action. Uh, Saturday got going as Buffalo with the quick turnaround go into Long Island to take on the Riptide. And I thought, you know, Buffalo was going to beat Philadelphia, but playing back-to-back, the Riptide were coming off a victory. I thought, oh, maybe this is the turnaround here. Maybe this is where the Riptide get going. They get sexy Dan McRae back in their lineup. Teat was starting to click, but it didn't happen for the Riptide. They just could not keep pace with Buffalo. 16-10 the final in this one. And Buffalo 
goes 2-0 and on the weekend, and that's huge for the Bandits because they're right there with the Nighthawks now, and I believe they play this weekend. Yes, they do. Uh, first of all, with this game, um, very quickly, I have to say, the new Riptide jersey. Oh, the Seafoam. Sea signature Seafoam, you know, the oh, signature Seafoam. I need to, they're not, I was looking on Sunday, they're not on uh, the NLLshop.com yet, but the second they're there, <laughs> I will be getting okay. one. Okay. Uh, okay. So Tyson Geik, uh, watch out. Geiker! Because, uh, yeah, uh, maybe you could uh, get the shipping coming my way a little bit faster. Wink, but, wink, yeah. Um, <laughs> this was, I mean, the Riptide heading into the fourth quarter, it was 14-10. Like, they're down by four goals. They got one of the best offensive players in the game. Like, they're in this game going into the fourth quarter. And then just no response, zero goals to close out the game. Like, I don't know that I like that they were for the most part able. I mean, they gave up seven in the third. That's obviously a tough look, but to be heading in the fourth against a tired Buffalo team and only be down by four. I think most teams are taking that. And then to put up a goose egg. That's just a really tough finish. Four goals from Ian McKay, who was playing up front a little bit. I mean, there's another guy. Like, if they needed Ian McKay to play a pure offensive role, he's totally capable of doing that. So there's there's some pieces to play. How about Dane Smith? 21 points <laughs> in two games for uh, number 92. Pretty, pretty, pretty good for Dane Smith, the reigning MVP. And uh, if he keeps that sort of business up, he might just do it again. This game here in Saskatchewan, uh, Vegas, of course, coming off a victory over Vancouver, that big comeback victory. They jump out to a pretty quick start here in this game. I think they led it 4-2 at one point. But then Saskatchewan goes on a monster run in the second quarter. We were kind of watching this as we were prepping for our game, and I was like, oh, look at this. It's 4-2 Vegas, and then I'd look away for 10 minutes. I looked back, and they had scored six straight goals, and <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, things are normal again in, in Rushland. Uh, we'll talk to Robert Church quite a bit about that game, so we don't want to spend too much time on it, but Rush looking solid and a valiant effort there from the Desert Dogs, but they come up short. Pretty scary uh, for a team heading into a matchup against Saskatchewan that they, I mean, like this was, like you said, a pretty slow first quarter, and then they just pour on eight goals in the second, and then the rest of the game, like two in the third, three in the fourth, like those are pretty average scores. Do but, enough, and then just yeah, stick. And it Mark there. Matthews with a very casual twelve points. Oh <laughs> like I, I tweeted at you after the Warriors game, saying like, <laughs> "Good luck picking a stallion this week." There are some guys around the league that had absolutely monster. Nights and yeah. like a couple guys did it on the same team. <laughs> so yeah, good luck. Uh, I, I'm interested to see who you don't pick Schreiber. That's all I'm don't. <laughs> it's gonna be the running joke. Don't now. tempt me. Don't 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 pick Schreiber. Uh, maybe the game of the week. I think it's got to be the game of the week. Went down in Calgary. It just happened to be the game of the week as well. Uh, Rock jump out to a 7-1 lead in this game before Calgary starts to chip, chip, chip away. Not only did they chip away, they tied this thing late in a crazy play at the end of the game. Rogers stripped, King buries, and we're off to overtime where Stevie Keogh steps up for the Rock and, and kind of bail out his, his teammates here, which 
You know, you you lead a game 7-1, you don't want to be blowing that thing, and Toronto almost did it. But Keogh gets the winner in OT, and the Rock leave Calgary with a victory. I was torn on who to take in this game. I had a feeling it was going to be a one-goaler either way. I had Calgary, but it's Toronto. Don't text me, Jamie Duck. I, I'm sorry I didn't pick you guys. I'll just say that now. But uh, Rock, keep it rolling. Yeah, they certainly do. This is this is a scary Toronto team, man, honestly. But uh, another game where, like, I I think Calgary is so close to to putting it to putting it all together. Like, I think Calgary is going to be dangerous around this end the end of the season here. It's usually I mean, I the way the West... they do it, right? They get slow starts and then they finish the season strong. Like Kurt Malusky really knows how to make his team peak at the right time. Yeah, and. I mean, it's it would have been such a crazy comeback if they were able to to get it together and and close out the game in overtime. But you have to respect the effort to be like it's so easy if you see yourself down and and I mean going into the second quarter or or a little bit into the second quarter they're down seven to one. It's pretty easy to look at that and kind of like that's a daunting task to have to chip away against a, especially a goalie like Nick Rose who's just been in one this whole season. I mean, this is another game where he only allows 10 goals like but full credit to Calgary for for completely battling back and I think this is going to kind of be the theme of their of the season like I think by the end of the year they're going to have climbed back much like they have to do in many of these games um I I think Calgary's a team you just can't count out can't count out easy for you to say uh <laughs> San Diego and Colorado always play good lacrosse games. Not really the case in this one as the Seals go into the Loud House. And I, I'm still a little unclear because Colorado essentially went an entire week without leaking the news that Dylan Ward was not going to play in this game. There is a photo of, of him out there kind of wearing like a big protector on one of his hands at practice. But... Often goalies will just do that anyways, like just for ad in practice, you can just tape pads to wherever you want and goalies will kind of extra protect themselves. But no Dylan Ward in this one and man, oh man, did it ever show. Problem for Colorado, maybe Robert Hope led the Mammoth in assists with two. <laughs> That's 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 a problem when you got an offense like Colorado's and your leading assist guy is your stay-at-home defenseman. Yeah, uh, I mean, I still think we're waiting to see this Colorado team uh, in full force. Like we all know, they're still waiting for Ryan Lee to come back, and I think when he does get back, that's going to make a huge difference. But it is a little bit scary. I mean, it, this just shows how important Dylan Ward is to this team. And we all already knew that. Like, obviously, he's one of the best goalies in the league, best goalies in the world kind of thing. But, yeah, I, I don't know. This, this San Diego team against two backup goalies. Like, I mean, Fasine is still, like, a developing goalie. Like, he yeah. hasn't really – I don't think he's had a start yet. I could be wrong about no, that. No, I think you're right. This high-powered offense from, from San Diego against a team that's missing their all-star goalie yeah, I mean, you can probably put two and two together pretty quickly, and you know, we got we saw the result that we kind of knew we were going to get after that news came out. Dane Doby becomes the 13th player to score a thousand points in the National Lacrosse League. Reese Dutch just did it. It's amazing, and I think it was the Chancellor Bradley that that mentioned this 
two, three years ago that it's really kind of neat how Dobie and Dutch's careers have kind of mirrored each other almost the entire way with the goals, the assists, the points, the championships. Like, it's all kind of, they've been right there with each other the entire way. If you can kind of go look at that, it's a neat little parallel there. But Dobie gets four, he gets his thousand point. Very questionable celebration in the locker room from one Audi Stotts <laughs> after this, uh, to, you know, at a... I don't know if you maybe saw NLO. I did see that. Uh, if you don't do this, do this now. Go follow NLL memes on Instagram. <laughs> this dude is a stone cold killer. Whoever is running this account on Instagram, my lord, is a funny human being. And sometimes it's a little across the line and vicious and savage, quite frankly. But if you take it with a grain of salt and and find the humor in it, like, it is hilarious, some of the things this guy put. I'm assuming it's a guy. Maybe it's not. But go follow NLL memes on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but Jumbo, yeah, can so, I add one more thing to yeah, that sure, game as well sure, before sure, we move on? Yeah. You, you mentioned Robert Hope leading the team with, uh, with two assists. Yeah. 14 loose balls and four blocks as well. Pretty good. Just That's trying to drag his team stallion, into the fight. Stallion-like numbers right there, Tino. Stallion-like numbers right there. Uh, one more game to go. It was the game that we were at uh, up there in the Jim Robson broadcast, Gondola. It started really well for Vancouver. They outshot Panther City like 9 nothing out of the gate. They were up 3 nothing, And then the wheels came right off the bus on this one and in a big time way it was it was over by halftime you know it was 15 to 6 at halftime they go scoreless in the third quarter to the warriors they get one essentially they got outscored 20 to 4 after being up 3 nothing in this game despite going 22 for 31 in the face off dot 20 minutes in penalties to just 6 here for Panther City and the Panther City power play made Vancouver pay as Donville and Malcolm become the first two players. It's happened where two or more players have had over 12 points, but on opposite teams. The very first time that two players have scored 12 plus points on the same team in one game as Panther City hangs a 20 spot on what was a revolving door and goal for Vancouver between Walsh and Woods and things go from bad in Vegas to much worse at home. Okay. So uh, I'm kind of annoyed that we even have to talk about this game because it was uh, horrendous. Um, but I mean, it's what we did too. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I, I have two main points that I want to get to here. Um, the first one is I I'm frustrated that this is sort of my Vancouver sports fan uh boys talking but i'm frustrated that going into halftime we're all thinking this game is over at 15 to 6 and and i don't disagree with you i come i was in the same mindset but the reason i'm frustrated about that is because a week ago uh, a week ago like on that night on saturday night they were up against a vegas team they were in a similar position as panther city was just in and they lost that game so I'm frustrated that a week before this game, they're in the in the driver's seat and they're probably thinking this game is over. And then a team that it's their first first year in the league comes back and then and turns the script. 
this, with this Vancouver team, however, when they're down by this much and the way they've been playing, it's impossible to think. I wonder if they could do what Vegas did to them because I, I don't think anybody has the confidence it's in this team to do that kind of thing. It's just mental, you know. It's and big. then my second point um, about this is my heart goes out to Logan Shuss. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this. Well, I'm not because glad you brought it up, but... this guy. I mean, like we talked about him on the broadcast about how, and people have said this before about how in the in the later years here up to present day, he's become more of a role player than the sharpshooter and the scorer that he always has been, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's other guys now that have stepped into that role, and he's fit himself uh, into into the current role that he's in, yeah. and he's one of the guys that was firing. He was playing on well. Oh, last playing couple, really well. Last couple three games, he was playing really well. In on and on Saturday, he had two goals, and not even just the goals, man. Like he was getting loose balls offensively and creating second and third and sometimes fourth, uh, like chance opportunities on offense. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, like I know you were texting with him after the game. Like I don't know if you're able to provide any kind of update on the injury. I know yeah, he went I, knee on knee with somebody and then took a, took a hard fall and was just putting no weight on his leg when he was getting helped down the tunnel. So that was just awful to watch yeah i think the news is kind of starting to creep out that it's it's not it's not good it's not a good injury what happened to logan and i don't even know if it was the knee on knee or whether that kind of set things off and that's the reason he went down and i and i said on the broadcast and i still haven't gone back to rewatch it yet and i'm not sure i want to that i'm kind of glad the camera didn't have a clean shot of it and from what logan described to me what had happened and what he did after it happened, like I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna see it. So Logan's got a a long road back ahead of him. Um, the good news about that is it's not 1988 anymore, and what doctors and and surgeons can do, and how quickly guys can recover from major surgery now is completely different than it was 10 or even 15 years ago. So you know, I. I if there's a guy that's going to stay positive and, and work his tail off to get back, it'll be Logan. But he's got a road ahead of him, and he's going to need his friends and his teammates and his family to, to lean on. There's going to be some dark days and, and some long days and tough days ahead of him. Um, so I you know, I just gave him a text to tell him I was thinking about him and you know to keep his chin up, which I know he's going to do. He's generally a very positive person and a happy person, and, and it's just a, a really shitty injury to happen to a really good person who was, you know, playing some really good lacrosse and, you know, later in his career, you just, you hate to see something like that. And, and I, I can say this, I'm re- I'm just so happy that Logan was able to play and win a president's cup for his hometown, Ladner pioneers with his dad beside him this past summer, because, you know, winning a man cup or winning an LL championship, I know would mean a lot to Logan, but I, I know for a fact that winning that president's cup with his dad right up by his shoulder would probably mean more to him than any other thing that he could do in, in the sport of lacrosse. Yeah. So speedy recovery to Logan. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. There's game, not man. much else to say. And, and, you know, Panther City is off to, to San Diego this weekend. That'll be an interesting game. Vancouver will host the Saskatchewan Rush. And I just wonder, I just wonder what is going to happen from, you know, today here, Monday, Tino, to leading up to Saturday. Because I I haven't met personally Aiden Walsh or Ethan Woods. And I think for two young goaltenders, they got they got a future in front of them, right? Like, they're, 
they're going to be good young goalkeepers in this league someday. But that day is not today. And if Vancouver is going planning on going the rest of the year with that tandem in goal, I, I just don't know, Tino. I, I I don't know if you can do that to those two, do that to the to the roster in front of them, do that to the fan base. They need to address that situation and, and do it rather quickly, in my opinion. And I just feel like there's a couple of guys out there that could fit the bill pretty quickly in Adam Shute, who's sitting there up for grabs. Pretty good. Like, I... I think that's an upgrade. Peter Dubinsky, when that kid is healthy and on top of his game, he can play some goal. And and not having to travel to Halifax to do it might might just help the kid. You think about that Man Cup run for the Shamrocks and what he did in the playoffs shutting down the Langley. Like, I think Peter Dubinsky would be an, an upgrade. Charles Claxton. Like, what's that kid doing? I just think you got to do something. You can't just hang these kids out to dry and throw them to the fire like that. And and listen, Troy Cornley has won championships in this league as as a player and as a coach. And he's a he's you know he knows probably more about lacrosse than I could ever even fathom. But from an outsider looking in at this situation, I just don't see how they can go another eleven games with two rookie goaltenders. Yeah, you know what I had a. Uh, one of my buddies that I work with, he's a, he's a season ticket holder. And I saw him today and he, he asked me, is Vancouver that bad or is Panther city that good? And I was like, Oh, honestly, man, like a little bit of both, like Panther city is a lot better than I think people give them credit for. And that's more so what I want to say here is like full credit to Panther. Yeah. City. I don't like, want to take anything away from them. Absolutely. Well, like, yeah, absolutely. But you know, like it's really tough as again, this is my Vancouver sports fan, like voice talking. It's really tough to have somebody who uh, who like considers himself also like a, a lacrosse fan like a fringe fan he's getting more and more into the nll and stuff ask me is vancouver really that bad and he said he left after or during the third quarter he said he had kind of seen it up with i, I don't blame him like yeah, yeah. Man, I, I don't blame him at all it's just the the people here deserve a better product than what's on the floor right now. I'm sorry if that sucks to hear. Like, for no, people that... I mean, I don't want to sit here and belabor it either, Tino, because obviously, you know, I called games for the team and I don't want to sit here and just dump of all course, over yeah. them. Right. Like it's not, it's not the point here, but I can truly understand people's frustration because it's been, and this isn't, you know, the new regime's fault or responsibility or, or even Dan's or even Doug lockers, but it's been, a decade, more than a decade of futility here in Vancouver, and the people that buy the tickets deserve better. They just deserve Correct. better, and enough's enough. Like time to change some things up. Yep. So let's let's move on, please. Let's <laughs> leave it at that. There you go. That was week nine. Heavy, heavy week nine, right there, Tino. Let's lighten things up on the podcast here a little bit, shall we? That was a question, Tino. That was a question. We shall. Let's head for the Stampede Stallion Stables. No! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
couple new submissions this week. I don't want to name any names, but uh, appreciate everybody that has uh, submitted a, a horse noise for the, the sound effect there. I laugh my pants off almost every time I hear that. I hope you do too. And if you don't, well, maybe you need to lighten up a little bit. But uh, Stampy Tech and Western Wear Stables, keep those horse noises coming. By the way, um, we didn't mention who won, who you got this week, Tino. You're supposed to remind me on, on things like that. Whoops. Gonzo, Eric, who I have to only believe is, is re- related to Chris Driscoll in, in some fashion. I'm not sure how. But Eric Driscoll, Gonzo, out of Rochester, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, week nine's who you got winner. So with all that being said, new uh, mandate is now in effect here, classmates. If you win a week of who you got, you are now required to submit a three to five second horse noise to claim your prize pack. I've been I've installed that demand now. So you want your prize pack from Stampede Tack. You better give me a horse noise if you win who you got. <laughs> and and Gonzo of, did it. He did it. He's in there, just so you know. The image of somebody like making a horse noise in their phone and then looking down and ah shit, it's only two seconds. <laughs> ah, gotta gotta redo it. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so pretty good. Uh pretty good right there. Stampy Tack and Western where what was I looking at? I was looking at their boot section online just the other day. I'm gonna pull this back up here, Tino, if I can if I can find it. And the boots. I they have western boots, motorcycle boots, CSA work boots, women's boots, western boots, lace-up boots, English boots, infant boots, youth boots, blundstones, redbacks, muck boots, clear-ups, bogs. The boot list is endless at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Hop online, stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, and get yourself a pair of boots. Or head out there to Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Boots, Stampede Tack, you're welcome. Stallions of the Week, Santino Ferra, you are up. Yes, sir. And I know I said we got to move on from the Vancouver Panther City game, but I'm going back there for my stallion. And I think everyone's probably thinking I'm going to pick Will Malcolm. I might pick John Donville, you know. I'm going to go in between the pipes, though, and I'm going to go with Mr. Nick Damood, who... Mm. I mean, when a goalie allows only six goals against, and granted, they did bring in uh, Cam McLeod in the fourth quarter there, but Damood, after having a really sketchy opening couple minutes of the first quarter, allowing like three straight goals, I think they all went five hole, or at least two of the three of them did, settled in quite nicely. And I mean, only, uh, only, I mean, he has to make 35 saves, but in any game where we talk about Nick Rose so much and how often he lets in 10 or less for a goalie to allow only six to me, that's really impressive. And to me, that's worthy of, of a stallion. So I'm going with Nick Damon. I like it all. uh, That's why I was laughing earlier because all these guys had, you know, 10 plus point nights and you're going with a goaltender for, for (laughs) so I can dig it though, man. And you know, like watching Damon early, on when he was with San Diego and Frankie went down with an injury, you kind of got a glimpse of what he could be. I think he worked on his fitness quite a bit. Like he looks like he's leaned out, but he's more of an active reactionary goaltender than just your kind of big stand and blocker kind of goaltender. Now he's like a hybrid of that. 
I think Panther City identified that pretty quickly early on as well when it was Orleman or Damood, and they settled on Damood. And I think, well, I know it was the right decision there in Fort Worth, and and he's starting to pay pay it back uh, with with victory. So I like the pick. I you're right. Like I mentioned, Donville and Malcolm becoming the first two players on the same team to have 12 point plus nights. Like there's an easy stallion there. So, but I don't want to pick the same game because I think that's kind of lame as well. So I'll just, I'm going to give mine to Dane Smith. And I, I know like reigning MVP, this is what Dane Smith does. And, but to go two and oh on the weekend and to get 21 points in those two games and really just kind of lead the bandits to, Two victor, two road victories too, if I'm not mistaken, right? You know, like in Philly yeah. and in New York, that is not an easy weekend for the Buffalo Bandits. And Dane Smith pulled him along. So for that reason, I'm giving my stallion to Dane Smith. Yeah, I mean, like it, we're kind of laughing because it's like the easy pick. Well, I was like, gonna give it. I, like, I mean, I there, like I said, there were so many options this week. Like, I thought, oh, do I give it to to Max Wilson for like? getting his first NLL goal and the penalty shot and all that. And then I even considered like, maybe I give this to Logan uh, for what, for what he's going through. Like he could use a little pick me up. And I thought, so there was a, a bunch of candidates, but uh, at the end of the day, it stinks. Oh, to- and I mean, like I- I'm not discrediting the pick at all. I- I'm I'm more so saying like, we kind of laugh about how it's the easy pick, but I mean, sometimes you have to go with the easy pick. Like yeah. the guy puts up as many points as he does in two games. And it's not like it's like a Friday and a Sunday or like uh, a Friday and then a Saturday night. Like it's quick. These, are, these were like two games in success, like two league games in succession. There was no game between these two games. Yeah. Like, so well, I, I think the big it, takeaway here, Tino, is that it's not Tom Schreiber, right? <laughs> Hey, I don't know. Did we see how many shots Tom Shriver had? No, it's, we, it's not, we didn't. It's not I, too late for you to change your pick. No, I don't think I'm going to do that. But, <laughs> uh, well, the the biggest thing is we got to get Patch's review, right? Because he approved he approved your stallion last week, but then he caps locked approved mine after that. So I think he approved mine more than he approved yours. But Is uh, that going to be the new, like, ding when Patches gives you all caps approval? Maybe. It could be. Uh, I was just, you know, you had me thinking about Tom Schreiber's shot, so I wanted to check on rebowering loose balls, who's on a pace to break the all-time record in the National Cross League, especially as a non-face-off guy. 12 for Bowering, so now on pace for 251, which would still break the record. Impressive. Uh, so welcome to the stable, Nick Damood and Dane Smith. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. And that was an absolutely huge opening quarter. Thanks for hanging with us here on Lax Class 220. We're off to Saskatoon next for quarter number two as Robert Church of the Rush will join us on the other side. Stick around. This is Rob Williams, and you're listening to Locks Class. Now it's time for Who You Got. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second quarter of action, we go here on EP220. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, speaking of hanging, Rycor Construction, they, they hang up things when they're doing renovations, I'm sure. They also make things stand out. You can check them out on Instagram or Facebook at Rycor Construction Inc., or you can check out their website at www.rycorconstruction.ca. Tons of experience, 
construction industry, they strive to produce quality craftsmanship and an exceptional client experience. You know the deal. Floorings, decks, fences, kitchens, bathrooms, they do it all at Rycor, and when they do it, they make it stand out. Rycor Construction. Uh, this guy was standing out on Saturday night at the Sastel Center Co-op Field. Uh, it's Robert Church, Bar Down Bob, back on the pod. Welcome back, Robert Church. How's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I know you're uh, rolling back uh, from from your day gig right now. Uh, what do you? You're in a truck. What kind of truck you got, man? What are you driving right now? Uh, I'm driving a Tacoma. Nice. Yeah, I got a couple years ago. It's, it's a great truck. I, I always it. wanted a Tacoma for some reason. Never had one, but uh, I'm not a full pickup guy. I don't really need the full bed, so it's kind of carries my lacrosse bag and luggage, does the job. But you got the wife now, you got the dog, and uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, next step in, in the evolution of, of that sort of thing, Rob, is uh, to become a father. Any uh, any plans in, on that front? I'm actually not married yet, so I still got to get through that first, okay, and then uh, I guess that'll be the next. Engaged, though, right? Are you not engaged? You're engaged. Yeah, engaged last year. Scheduled to get married in July. All right. I'll be uh, watching for my invitation, just so you know. (laughs) Uh, Congrats on the big W over the Desert Dogs, man. Uh, Rush look like they're kind of back to form, as uh, as JQ likes to say. The green machine is is running on all cylinders here. Uh, A couple of overtime losses, but, like, essentially you guys are – are two goals away from a perfect record. How do you feel like the start in Saskatchewan has gone so far? Yeah, two goals, or as Jimmy likes to say, two plays. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a solid start. Uh, you know, the West is so tight. Uh, teams like Colorado and San Diego are, you know, obviously would have liked to come out with wins. Um, San Diego, it's kind of just a, you know, 10, 15 minutes lapse. And, you know, against a, an all-star roster like that, uh, they're going to make you pay. And then Colorado is just... Uh, you know, every time you play them, it's going to be a one-goal battle. It just seems to be how it is with them and how we play them, and it's always fun playing them. And then, yeah, a couple what, of good wins. What's but, with uh, that? Pretty happy how we started. I know you had the 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 big, you know, kind of blowout victory to start the year, but you know, yeah, that was kind uh, of a rare outlier. That's yeah, like, historically yeah. speaking, anytime the Mammoth and Rush play, it's like one goal game, one way or the other. What? Do you think it's just the way the two teams match up, or is there's a pretty serious rivalry there as well? Yeah, just two stout defenses. Ordo always seems to play his best against us. Um, yeah, it's just we kind of know when we go in, it's going to be a, you know one goal or overtime game. I think last year we played them three times and one overtime, two one-goal games, and this year the one overtime already, and then the blowout, which, I mean, kind of ignore that. Yeah. It's kind of just first game of the year. But yeah, it's it's always you just know it's they're just a tight defense, good goaltending, and those are like fun games because you don't normally go into a game just kind of knowing what you're going to get, but uh, you kind of can expect it when we play them. Do you prefer to play in those like tight defensive games that are separated by one goal, or, or do you prefer the ones where you're getting like seven or eight points a night? Ah, they're both fun. I mean, <laughs> kind of just comes down to. Rather just whatever we can do to win. If we're going to win nineteen eighteen, that's fine. As long as it's five four, that works too. But those Colorado games seem to be low penalty, just kind of fat back and forth, fast action, and you know just good lacrosse. And those are always fun to play. You're battling for every inch on the floor, and you know everyone kind of looks at each other and shakes each other hand after the game, and you know kind of looks at each other and has good job, well done. You know, and, and I would say part of the the resurgence here, like it took to the second half of last season and he kind of come firing out of the gates, but the evolution 
of the young guys. With the departure of some guys, Rob, and, and you know, the new guys coming in, it took a little time for them to, to feel comfortable, I think. And and you're starting to see that now at a, at a Marshall and, and some of the younger guys in the back end. But I would have to say you must be pretty happy to have your boy Marty Party back running beside you. I think he picked up goal number 100 and... I said at the start of the year, he just looks right in a rush uniform and nothing else. Yeah, Marty's just one of those guys that what he does doesn't necessarily show up on the, the score sheet night in, night out. But it helps you. you know, guys like Exactly. Guys like me benefit from the space he opens up and just like the little things he does that go unnoticed that, you know, not many guys do on a daily basis. And, you know, Marty could kind of care less if he gets, you know, accolades for it or any attention. He's just a great teammate, a great player. And yeah, it's just, it's been good. Nice to have him back and kind of just to kind of look at each other and say one word. And we kind of are on the exact same page and, you know, everything's kind of, kind of easy with Marty and it makes the game easier for everyone else on our offense. Does anything about your guys' team this year feel different than what it did last year? Cause you, so far through five games, you guys feel like you're back to the rush that everyone's gotten so used to, but you know, like the team isn't that different than what it looked like at the beginning of last year, like when you guys got off to a slow start and then the coaching change comes and you guys roll through the end of the year like you're back as well. So d- does anything feel different about the team this year? Sedgwick, maybe? Uh, kind of just confidence. Last year, those losses we had in the, you know, the first half of the year, they kind of just, they wore on us. We weren't used to losing like that, especially in the, you know, the kind of one goal tight games that we were typically always winning in the last five, six, seven years. So those ones we were losing and we weren't playing our best and we kind of just couldn't put a finger on it. So last year was just, yeah, it was a weird year. No one really had any confidence and kind of got Jimmy in there at the end of the year. We won four straight, ended the year strong. We kind of went into training camp with that same mindset and it kind of carried into the beginning of the year. And then, uh, yeah, we kind of had some, some a weird, weird schedule. So we've been just trying to keep it rolling and stay confident with all these weeks off, but we're into a, a pretty long stretch here of lacrosse and we, we could be happier to start off with a win last week. Well, I'm going to keep asking about other guys here for a little bit, Robert, but you know, Tino, yeah, no problem. Yeah, Tino mentioned different. And I, one guy that, that is different is, is Cam Sedgwick being on that bench and a guy that obviously had a great career, as a player in the league, but not a ton of coaching experience coming in. What's it been like having a new voice on, on the front gate? Like I'm trying to remember the last time I had you, I think it was very early um, to start the year or maybe even training camp where you hadn't really had a lot of time around SETI, but now you have, what's it, what's it been like? Yeah, it's been good. Sedgy kind of came in and, you know, we got, he's kind of the, the newer guy. He didn't want to change too much, but it was great to have his fresh perspective and, you know, he, he watched all of our games from last year and last couple of years and came into training camp and kind of was like, here's what I like, here's what I don't like, and here's what I want to change. And, you know, sometimes just changing, you know, the little bit of motion and how someone gets to this point to that point can make the world of a difference and kind of, you know, keep the defense guessing. And he's done just that and everyone's bought in and, you know, we've been, re- we've been really happy with the results. Uh, he definitely focused on a little less structure and more just letting us play and, you know, use our skill and creativity to our advantage. And you like that? You know, that's something we can. Yeah. I mean, I also like the structure. So it took it last year was, we tried it to get a little more free, but with all the new guys, it was just tougher and never worked. So we went back to the full structure and, 
I don't know. Just last year was just a weird year, but this year we kind of came in, everyone fresh, new mindset, ready to go, and uh, everyone on the same page. And it's worked out. And training camp went really well. The first, you know, little bit of the regular season went pretty well, besides those ten minutes in San Diego. So yeah, yeah, we're happy, and uh, you know, we're kind of at that point where we're going to continue to build our offense, and we got the the basics down, and we're going to start adding, you know, more layers to it to kind of keep the defense guessing. The mailman has been delivering. He had a big night, but I think I think the the maybe the biggest difference, Robert, has been old double bubble there in between the pipes. Uh, Book, you know, people are, yeah. people are asking me like, well, where was this Alexis Bouquet last year in Vancouver? And I like I can't. I say like, you're talking about two completely different defenses and defensive systems and all the rest of it. But Derek obviously knew what he was getting in Alexis Bouquet from his time coaching him back in junior. And and he is seemingly, he's a great team guy. There's no question about that. But he has stepped right into your lineup. And he's making all the saves that he should be making and probably a couple more on top of that. For sure. I think that's, you know, kind of with how, how, how strong our defense is and the way they play, it's kind of, we ask our goalie to, to make the saves that he should. And, and yeah, like you said, Buki's he's done that. And, you know, plus some spectacular saves where I still kind of wonder, you know, every day in practice and then watching him, how he even takes some of the moves he does. But for a guy his impressive. size, hey, for a guy his size to be able to move the way he does sometimes, he's, it's pretty he's incredible. He's extremely agile. It's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's been great. And uh, we kind of needed that um, last year, kind of, you know, the way our goaltending went kind of got us down a little bit and, you know, a little less confidence. So Buki's, you know, we kind of know when we got a lead uh, for the most part, I guess uh, he's going to be there and he's going to be a brick back there and keep us in games. Uh, we've kind of brought up the Saskatchewan defense a few times here and how can you not with how, how well you guys are playing? I don't even know if you're aware of this, Robert or not, but you guys have through five games have only allowed 49 goals against. It's the least in the league by, by quite a bit here. Whenever people talk about your guys' defense, at least the word I use a lot is suffocating. And I mean, Obviously, you're watching from the other side of the floor, but you have to play against these guys in practice. What is it about the Saskatchewan defense that that becomes so suffocating? They're just so big and strong and athletic. Like, I don't even know what the average size back there, but it's definitely 6'2 or bigger. Um, <laughs> I like you said, yeah, like, we do not have fun in practice. Like, Sedgie will come in and be like, let's try this, but it's like, well, we can't even get to like the second part of it because we're getting forced somewhere we don't want to go. Or <laughs> Mike Messenger's back there. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and then Rube's like, you try and do anything, he's just taking the stick right out of your hands. Yeah. I mean, he does it dust in practice just as much as he does in games. But yeah, they're they're just so big, strong, athletic, and then even just you know Jammer and Jimmy and stuff finding these guys that can fill in. Like someone like Holden Garland, I think is really underrated in this league. He's an unbelievable defender. He's just solid as they come back there. And then finding a guy like Jared Smith from, yeah. you know, he's mid twenties. He played in the Nymo. He's from Winnipeg and he's just been unreal back there. He's so solid, so strong. Uh, just finding guys like that go a long way. You better give to a little shine after listing all that off. He's going to be upset. Right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, Jared. Yeah. I have one of the best guys uh, around that organization. I can talk lacrosse and, and joke around with that guy uh, all day and all night as we speak here. Oh, yeah. He- He's he's a funny guy. He's, he's, he keeps the room light. Yeah, he's an absolute beauty. And I like I don't think there's a lot of people that really know a whole lot about Jeremy 
to Levy, but Derek, you know, when he needed a guy, he was he was the first guy and super confident that he was going to come in and do a good job for you guys this weekend. What do we got going on this weekend? Who are you taking on here, Robert? Uh, let me think. Oh, yeah, you're in Vancouver. What am I talking about? TSN game of the week. And oh, I'm sure, game? yeah, it is. Nice. Well, kind of, because I don't get to do it, but uh, I'll be there. <laughs> well, watch as I selfishly uh, get that out there. Anyways, uh, you, I'm sure, saw what happened last week with Vancouver and Panther City, and you guys coming off a win, them coming off a tough loss. You know they're going to be a desperate lacrosse team, and, and sometimes when you, you back a hungry dog into a corner, they can come out biting, man. So you guys got to be ready to, to go when you come into this one. Yeah, if there's one thing I've learned in this league over all my time is that anyone can beat anyone, and you can't take anyone lightly. Um, they still have a high-powered offense, and if our defense doesn't play, you know, a strong game, like guys like Baller and Jonesy can can make you pay. And then the same thing, like their defense, they're still very care- capable. Um, just takes their goalie to you know stand on his head and shut us down for for them to steal a victory from us. So, I mean, we've already talked about it. Where we got to be focused. We got to have a good morning shoot around and, and come out firing because, you know, a desperate team is one of the harder teams to play in this league and anyone can beat anyone on any night. You get you get a little extra up when when you know you got Bruce and, and the family in, in town and, and friends playing in front of Rob. With, you know, don't get me wrong, like playing that in, in Sastel is, is probably like nothing else, but do you get a little extra juice when, when you play at home and in front of your friends and family? For sure. It's definitely when the schedule comes out, it's the first one I'm looking at when, how many times. So something I'm always, always look forward to. I mean, uh, you know, just playing in Sasko these years, you only get to come to Vancouver once, maybe twice a year. So whenever you get a chance to play in front of your family and then some friends, it's, it's always special. When are you, when are you free agent? I'm just asking for a friend here. Uh, maybe. Uh... <laughs> well, I was a couple of years ago and then I signed too. So I'm, I'm up after this year, okay. but uh, I, just... I got, no interest in, in leaving. <laughs> I'm just going to make a, make a note here on a piece of paper somewhere. <laughs> just keeping with playing here in Vancouver, this obviously a lot less travel for you for, for a game here in van. Does your preparation for these games that are for you personally, they're sort of like a home game. D- does the preparation for a game like this change at all for you? No, not, not really. Maybe if it was uh Friday or if we were practicing, but, it's just going to be a normal, normal work week. Well, and then, ask to me this, Robert. Like this is this is something I don't know, so I'd like to know. You being a BC, you live in the Tri Cities here, but Saskatchewan is in town. So, are you sleeping in your own bed on Friday night, or are you staying downtown at the hotel with the rest of the guys? I'll be in the hotel. We'll probably do. We're not. I don't. As of now, we're we're not playing to practice just because I think the floor time we get offered is in Langley at like yeah. nine o'clock at night, so it's just not possible. Yeah. So we'll probably have a team dinner or something downtown Friday, and then we always like the early morning shoot-around, so uh, I'll sleep in the hotel rather than getting up extra early and driving downtown on Saturday morning. Makes sense to me. Uh, Last one for you. Tino and I are doing the WLA draft uh, out in Langley tomorrow night. I'm sure you recall your your draft night way back when, but uh, big run to the man cup with the Langley thunder and uh, the West is hosting this year, Robert. I don't you don't want to look too far past NLL season, but uh, for a team that came so close to, to hoisting it on the road, you got to be excited to, to play it here on home soil and, and see if you can get the thunder back into the big dance. Yeah, for sure. Last year was my first taste of some WLA success. 
Uh, I haven't really been in contact with any of the guys, so I don't know what the plan is. But uh, as far as I know, I think we're trying to run it back and, and win one on home soil. I think it's one of those trophies that I know myself. Guys like Doves, uh, something we haven't won, and yeah. definitely on the list of uh, priorities. All right. Good to hear it. After the NL, after the NL. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, sign me up, man. I can't wait for it. Uh, Robert, I always appreciate your time here on Lax Class. Love watching you play lacrosse and look forward to doing that Saturday night down at Rogers Arena. Yeah, I appreciate that. We'll see you then. All right. We will see you then. That was Robert Church of the Saskatchewan Rush and, of course, the Langley Thunder. And he's got his rush out to a good start this season. Like I said, Tino, just two goals away from a perfect record here for Saskatchewan. I know that the win-loss record is what it says it is, but I think that that last year for Saskatchewan was a one-off and the rush are back in business here. Oh, they're fully back. Their power play is buzzing defensively, like we said, just just so suffocating. Bouquet's playing incredibly well. Uh, this This is a dangerous team the longer the season goes on here. Saturday night, Vancouver. All right, let's take a quick break here. Tino, halftime is upon us. Third quarter is coming up. Lax Class Lux will be a part of it. Stick around and stay classified. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Zach Manns of the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Into the second half of action we go here on EP220. Jake Elliott, Santino Farrow with you and with us since day number one. Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com is the website. Need a label, need a package. They are your people. I, I contemplated giving uh, my buddy Sean Ashworth a text over the weekend. I just kind of stayed away from it because he probably didn't want to hear from everybody. Eagles and Chiefs are off to the Super Bowl here, Tino. Uh, San Francisco just could not overcome getting down to their four-string quarterback in a divisional playoff game, and Philly prevails. So we got to put up with those Eagles fans for at least another two <laughs> weeks and a couple of days. Go Chiefs! Just saying. Um, so what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Associated Labels and Packaging. They focus on people, ethics, and quality, and, of course, family-owned down there in Coquillum. Over 40 years of experience uh, as we are about to get into Lax Class Locks. Before we do that, you know what I got to do. I got to tell you to smash that five-star review, hit the subscribe button, and jot down uh, a couple of words about the podcast if you're so inclined. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well, at Ferretino, at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class on Twitter, Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. And we got a Facebook page, and we got an email address as well at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Don't forget to send those horse noises. Oh, we didn't even do horse noises, Tino. I just realized we're in quarter three. We forgot to do horse noises in quarter two. We got so many horse noises now, we forgot to do ours. That's okay. That was, I was I was going to ask you, like, after pit. I mean, do we still need to if the viewer... I don't know. I kind of feel... I, kind of feel like we do it's going to become like a minute long intro at this point uh, i'm okay with that i'm okay with <laughs> anyways we'll make up for it next week uh so yeah subscribe review follow 
and uh, appreciate everybody doing that. Now, it's time for Lax Class Locks. It's locked. When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I hereby declare lock of the week. Ooh, that's a big lock, all right. Locks, class locks, brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Uh, Patches took our sizes today, Tino. Uh, hopefully that swag shows up sooner than later. Still waiting on that. Uh, but Cool Bet Canada wants to give you free money. How, you may ask, Tino? How? Well, you just sign up for an account. It takes literally like two minutes. Then... Up there in the top left corner, you'll see a little box. You put in the bonus code LAXCLASS before you put any money in. And CoolBet will match you up to $200 when you do that. And then on top of that, once you got your money, your free money and everything, you make a bet on the NLL, don't forget to take a screenshot of it. Tag LAXCLASS and CoolBet on Twitter, and that'll get you in, entered into a monthly draw. For that aforementioned cool bet swag, maybe that's where all the swag's going, Tino. It's not going to us. It's going to the listeners for for getting in on the contest here. But you can win NLL tickets and cool bet merchandise just by simply screenshotting your bet on the NLL and tagging Lax Class and Cool Bet. Winner will be announced each and every month. Uh, so do that as well. Free money. Bonus code Lax Class. Cool Bet Canada. Lax Class locks. Parlay is set to go, Tino, and uh, because you did so, so horribly wrong last week, even against my better advice, like I mentioned, <laughs> right off the... It was over by Friday, Tino. I told um, you, Buffalo, Vino and goal, Philly's offense, having a hard time scoring. You wouldn't listen. Uh, you picked the over, the game was an under, and, and that was it. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Okay. So I'm in charge of the parlay this week. And, you know, I know I kind of say this each and every week, but I really, really like this parlay. I think this one is almost a guarantee. Not quite like 100%, but not, like we're in the 99th percentile here for guaranteed lock of the week. So empty, break open the piggy bank, empty out the savings account, sell off your car because you're going to be able to afford a brand new one after winning this parlay right here. It's simple. It's three games. It's all over 22 and a half goals. And the three games are Mammoth and Swarm, Thunderbirds and Roughnecks, Seals and Panther City. All to go over 22 and a half plus 655. 20 jumbo bucks will get you a return, a cool bet return of 150. Life's too short for the under, Tino. Everything going over this weekend, and you can bring it on home because it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about you saying life's too short to bet the under after just shaming me <laughs> for not taking the under. <laughs> I thought you might forget about that, but apparently not. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on. What was the over on that one, though? It's only, it's only too short to bet the under when it's like 24 and a half. <laughs> These are like 22 and a half. These are gimmies right here. I agree with you, but just people don't forget, Jumbo. Okay. Okay. Right. 
I'll wear it. I'll wear it. Good luck to everybody. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. Bonus code lax class. That is quarter number three. We're on to quarter number four. It's time for your favorite podcast game, Who You Got. It's coming up on the other side. Stick with us. Hey, this is Reese Dutch. So you're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Now it's time for another round of Who You Got. Welcome back to Lax Class. No more breaks here on the podcast as we are into the fourth quarter of action. It's Jake Elliott and Santino Fair with you and new with us here in 2023, Mitch Jones Real Estate. You all know Jonesy on the lacrosse floor. He's running pretty hot there at Rogers Arena on Saturday night, and you can understand why Jonesy might be a little frustrated. And you may be a little frustrated looking at the real estate market, so why not give Mitch Jones a call and help let him help you figure out if you need to buy, you need to sell. Mitch Jones is your guy. He'll help you out any needs you have when it comes to real estate and you can get a hold of Mitch in a variety of ways, but the best way is probably through his cell. Get at him directly. 604-916-6772. Or you can find Mitch on, on the Instagram or on the Twitter. I'm sure the DMs are open. Uh, Royal LePage Sterling Realty, his team down there in Port Moody, Helping you buy, helping you sell. Any questions you may have, Mitch Jones will have the answers as we welcome him to the podcast here in 2023. But now, Tino, it's time for your favorite podcast game. Who you got? It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Who you got? Brought to you by. I thought you might join me singing there too. But <laughs> the who just didn't didn't happen right there. But that's okay. Uh, who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We talked a lot about boots in quarter number one. We're going to talk more about them here. Instead of Blundstones, it's the area boot. Let's focus, uh, no, let's focus on the Blundstone because I, I honestly think that these might be the most popular boots in the world today. Like everywhere I look, I see Blundstones. And the first thought is, man, I sure hope they went to Stampede Tack and Western Wear to buy those because they have the biggest variety, the best selection, men's, women's, kids, from size six up to size 14. They got the work Blundstones, the casual Blundstones, the dressy Blundstones. They got them all there at Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there at Cloverdale or the Dale, as I like to say, corner of Highway 10 and 180th. Or you can shop online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Blundstones. If you do not have a pair of Blundstones, hop online and get yourself a pair. And then you can thank me after you slide them on your feet. Tino, you did slightly, slightly better than me this past week. We both went five for seven. Your confidence points just put you over the edge. Uh, I jumped up a bunch of spots. I think you actually dropped down a couple. Sure did. So that the gap is closing, but you're still ahead, and you did a little bit better, like I said. So uh, you get to host a big week 10 once again. 
Just try to chop me down, hey? Just slightly better, better. But only a little Slightly bit. better. <laughs> All right. Let's get going here. Friday night, first game of the weekend. 6 p.m. Eastern, or sorry, 6 p.m. West. Oh, my God. 6 yeah. p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. There you go. Holy. <laughs> just go uh, with the Eastern time. I, I know it. I get confused all the time, Tino. So just go with Eastern times. List it on the website. Yeah, it's fine. Right. It's fine. All right. We're moving on here. Colorado playing host to Georgia. Jake Elliott, who you got? Seems like Georgia has not played a lacrosse game in like a month. I don't know what's going on there. They actually had the Albany game listed right in week nine. And then I think that thing got rescheduled somehow. So Georgia sitting there at 0-4. Colorado is at home 3-2. and They're coming off a loss. By the way, I uh, I went against the coin a couple of times last week. I, sw- <laughs> I switched my – I didn't believe in the coin and uh, switched up a couple of picks, which is my God-given right to do if I want to. But uh, I'm taking Colorado in this one. I just think uh, – I hope Dwayne is, is going to be back between the pipes. So Mammoth for a six here, and Georgia will still be searching for their first win. Yeah, I so I have Colorado for a five, and I think this is going to be fully dependent on if Wardo is, is back in the crease or not. Uh, I think, obviously, Colorado wants him there with how crazy the West is. Like, nobody can really afford to take a week off. But if Dylan Ward is out, I might be switching this to Georgia. But for now, it's Colorado for a five. Agreed. And we're moving over to Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern. I know, one we game have... Friday and then six, seven. And then a zillion on Saturday. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Go buy another iPad. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Calgary is heading on down to California to take on the Thunderbirds. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, intriguing game here. I Two good lacrosse teams. I think Halifax is just starting to find themselves a little bit you know and they're at home it, that's a, becoming a really tough place to go and try and get a win in in Halifax and for that reason alone I'm taking the Thunderbirds here before four conservative but I, I believe the Thunderbirds get it done you kind of took the words right out of my mouth I was I'm going with uh, Halifax here and it's because they're the home team if it was in Calgary I'd be taking the Roughnecks yeah but because it's in I think Halifax, I, yeah yeah exactly yeah I got the Thunderbirds for a three okay uh, all right. An hour later on Saturday, Albany heads on over to the Wells Fargo to take on the wings. Jake Elliott, who you got? I feel like no matter who I pick in this game, the other team is going to win like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying here? I, cause I feel like I should take Albany in this spot, but that's probably when Philly is going to show up and, and be the other Philly that we've seen a couple of times. And if I take Philly, then they're going to fall on their face in Albany, and then I'm going to have Maryland in my DM. I So I don't know uh, who to take in this game. So I might just pass. I'm going to pass, Tino. Can I pass? <laughs> Is that allowed? No, it's not allowed. I'm t- <laughs> I wish it was. I'm taking, I'm taking Albany. I'm taking Albany. I think there's issues there in Philadelphia. I think Albany is a hard-working lacrosse team with a really good coach that's going to have a game plan to beat the Winks. So give me Albany uh, um, for a three. For a three. For, for three. three. Okay. Uh, I think so. Albany didn't play this past weekend, if I'm not mistaken. No, they didn't. That's so why I just said that Georgia in that game was listed, and then it got rescheduled. 
Yeah, so I think we're still waiting to see the bounce back game here from Dougie because the last game we were mentioning how he didn't really look yeah. like himself. Uh, quickly, I do also need to mention those new Philly jerseys. I don't know oh. what the plan is for those, but those were unreal. Wear those more often. Oh, Philadelphia. <laughs> you like those? Oh, I love them. Oh, my oh, God. I thought they were you sick. Get, be prepared for a time arrow email. Oh, I thought they were great. Uh, but for the sake of moving on here, I'm taking <laughs> Albany for a four. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about the jersey. Uh, <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm inserting the cold take right there. I'm sorry. No that. way, man. Those were nice. I love those jerseys. <laughs> Big weekend this past one for, for New Jersey. It was. Big it was. Vancouver's might have been the nicest of them all. Yeah, between between them and New York. But we're moving on. Okay. Uh, speaking of New York, uh, they got their matchup against The Rock at home for Toronto. Jake Elliott, who you got? Rock in the hammer, five and two. Riptide on the road, one and five. This seems like a pretty easy decision for me. Rock for a seven. Ooh, this is your seven pick. I also have The Rock. This is my eight pick, though. Sorry, Riptide fans. Mm. Uh okay, a half an hour. Are you later. Tina? You don't sound that sorry. Like I think yeah, you said oh, that. I, I don't know. It depends on how how uh it's it depends on the shipping situation. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, you ask for a jersey from Kike <laughs> and then you. Uh, half an hour later on Saturday, Rochester versus Buffalo, the rematch we've all been waiting for. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, this is a good game, is it not? Marquee matchup of the weekend, I would have to say. And six and one, Nighthawks, six and two, Bandits. Buffalo at home here, Tino, and rolling as of late. So, oh man, it's honestly a pick 'em. I taking Buffalo. But this, uh, I'm taking Buffalo, but this is my two game. My two game. I'm not super confident in this, so if it doesn't go my way, I'm not going to lose too much ground here, but Buffalo for two. Jake, I think that we've picked the same so far with our confidence being one number off Ah. each time, I think. This time, this is also my two pick, but I'm going with Rochester here. Imagine if this is the difference maker. It could be. Okay, so yeah, Rochester for a two. Uh, Later on on Saturday, I think this is the TSN game of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Double header. Double header next week or this week. That's right. That's right. So Saskatchewan heading on down to the Raj to take on the Warriors. Jake Elliott, who you got? It's also wrestling night at Rogers Arena. Trish Stratus is going to be in the building. Rush for an eight here, Tina. I, I don't see how Vancouver can win this game. I just don't. So rush for an eight. The only way that I see Vancouver winning this game is if they're able to get inside the head of former goaltender Alexis Bouquet a little bit here. Or, I mean, they also have Penny as the backup. So maybe that's Vancouver goaltender. Yeah. So maybe that's an advantage for Vancouver, but I'm still taking Saskatchewan and this is my seven pick. Uh, All right. Again, same time on Saturday. So 10 p.m. Eastern. We have Panther City heading on down into San Diego to take on the Seals. Jake Elliott, who you got? I like the way you said it that time. That was good. (laughs) I think uh, I think this has the potential for an upset here. I I feel like Panther City is going to have all sorts of confidence. And they could easily beat San Diego in this game. I think this is a spot where San Diego could let one slip, but I'm still taking the Seals here. They're 5-1. and one. They're at home. It's my one game, Tino, but I'm taking San Diego because I just they're, they're, they got so much talent. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Give me yeah. San Diego. 
Um, despite the fact that it was Vancouver this past weekend, Panther City still impressed the hell out of me. Yeah. I'm taking Panther City oh. for a one. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Rochester and Panther City. Okay. Uh, all right. And the final game of the weekend, Saturday night, 1030 Eastern, Colorado heads on down to Vegas. Jake Elliott. Who you got? So they play at home on Friday, then Vegas on Saturday. If they can go 2-0 this weekend, watch out on the strip in Vegas this weekend. That's <laughs> could be a, 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 a mammoth of a good time. Um, so, yeah, I listen, this is the defending champs up against Las Vegas. So I got to go Mammoth here. No disrespect to the dogs, who I would more than be happy to see them upset the Mammoth in this scenario right here. I just I don't think this is the weekend it happens. So give me Colorado for a five. Yep, I'm. we're mirroring the same thoughts here. I got Colorado, but for a six, and that wraps up the weekend. Good luck to everybody playing who you got. Now, remember, if you're, like, new to the podcast and you're like, what the hell are these guys talking about, who you got, go on our Twitter account, at LaxClass. The link is right in our bio. Just hit the hit the link there. You can still sign up and join in the fun. Yeah, you may not win the overall prize. I'm not going to win it either. That's okay. You can still win weekly prizes and bragging rights and all the rest of it. And uh, join in the fun. Not too late to register. Just uh, hop on the link, search up who you got with two T's, and uh, get in on the action, man. Make your picks. Have your say. And play who you got. Uh, I appreciate Rob Church for coming on the podcast this week. I appreciate you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lax Class each and every week. We'll be back next week. Every week, uh, 221 is up. The biggest thanks goes out to our sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, Associated Labels and Packaging, Cool Bet, Rycor, and Mitch Jones Realty for their support on the podcast. Support our sponsors, people. That is how you keep this podcast going, which has been going for a long time now. Keep it going. Support our sponsors, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. For Santino Ferra, I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.